0: Welcome to Solutions from the Huddle, where we discuss meaningful business topics to add value to your efforts. Titus Bartolotta is a certified business coach that's often hired for one-on-one coaching, corporate training, and speaking engagements.
1: Now, here's your host, Titus Bartolotta. All right. Welcome to the program. Uh, I am Titus Bartolotta. This is Solutions from the Huddle. Man, we are excited that you have joined us. You could listen to anything. We know that. There's a few options on the radio, right, Chris? There's a few things people could listen to. But you're here with us, and uh, and we appreciate it. I'm sitting here with probably the greatest co-host in the history of mankind, and he continues to grow out this beard. And you know what? I think he did it because he wanted to be like me, but his wife allows him to probably have the mustache. So it looks proper. You know what I mean? It looks complete. Chris, good morning, sir. Good morning, Titus. How is your everything?
0: Every, my everything is fantastic. I love this time of year, the holidays, yeah. the family. We've got lots of traditions that you know we're trying to continue, and we're it. just having a we're having a blast. So.
1: It's it's such, a, and we just had some snow, in well, the Carol, Carolina. You we did. Oh, you didn't get any? <laughs> you didn't you get did. any
0: snow. And, and 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 Mike Riley, he's our uh, our our uh, guest today. He yeah. knows it because he lives out by me. Yeah, it oh, seems man. like uh, from about I don't know
1: maybe. Uh, 485 south,
0: just rain, rain, rain. Yeah. No
1: snow. Well, I mean, you know, when you're, when you're on the naughty list, yeah. <laughs> you, don't, you don't get snow. That's Maybe if you're works. nicer to people. That's you how know? that works. Yeah. Uh, we had a lot of snow, and my kids loved it. Um, they built a snowman that fell down, so then they continued to build him and just said he was sleeping. <laughs> so it was, it was an interesting snowman, um, but it was super cute. Hey, listen, let's start the show. We do it the same way every time. Um, and and if you're driving keep your eyes open uh, but if you could join us Lord we thank you for everything this show we ask that you'll bless uh, the sponsors the guests just everyone involved let the words of our mouth the meditation of our heart be acceptable in your sight amen uh, we might have the smartest guest on the program today I you know I said um, I said hey can you get me just you know two or three sentences of a bio and and he sent me a fully published novel it was. <laughs> You know, what I, mean? I can't even get mad at him because I'm reading this and I just go, I can't leave any of this out because right. he's one of the most accomplished. <laughs> and we've had Super Bowl winners on the show. That, and I don't know that they're more accomplished than our guest today. <laughs> we've got the president of Novant Health uh, Huntersville Medical Center, uh, Mike Riley, on the program. He's got several master's degrees. He's graduated several leadership programs. Um, and today the topic we're talking about is leadership. And I can't think of a better person. Then, Mike, I've had the pleasure, before we fully tell him to say hello, I sit on the the board of directors for the Lake Norman Chamber of Commerce with, with Mike, Chris, and he's such a pillar in the community. There's really nothing that Novant isn't involved in, right? This is a company that everyone that's listening right now knows who we're talking about. They sponsor everything. They participate in everything. They're always stepping up to the plate. And just right on the other side of that giant purple sign, that Novant logo, is Mike with a smile, Demonstrating leadership, so there's not a better person to have on the program to talk about leadership than our guest today, Mike Riley. Good morning, my friend. How are you? Good morning. Fantastic. How are you doing? I love you, my man. I'm so <laughs> glad that you made the trip in the in the rain. It's raining today. How was the drive? Was it okay?
2: It was okay. It was it was rainy and nasty, but but uh, no issues getting in, which is not the same every day in in Charlotte.
1: Wait a minute. Sometimes 77 and 45 can be a challenge. Hard hard to believe. Yeah, we um, uh, my wife sometimes jokes. She calls it parking lot. Seventy seven. We we know we we, we joke about it, but I'm so glad to have you on the program. Mike, if you could tell us a little bit about yourself before I ask you the 400 questions that I'm excited to talk to you about, because I didn't do your bio any justice because it really is. I mean, all joking aside, it's just a super accomplished life, both personally and professionally. You're married. You've got kids. You've done a lot. And and could you kind of share a little bit of that with our with our listeners?
2: Sure, sure. And and for the record, it was not a novel. It was a paragraph or two.
1: <laughs> Please check our Facebook page where I will be showing pictures. But Tell yeah, us about you.
2: Uh, sure, yeah. I'm uh I'm actually a a nurse by training. I've I've worked in healthcare for twenty five years. I um I, I started as a as a as a nursing assistant, um, became an RN and then kind of in the process, got my master got a master's in healthcare administration and an MBA, and have been kind of working in um, the healthcare arena from a nursing assistant to a nurse to a charge nurse to a supervisor to a director of nursing, and have just kind of moved up mostly within Novant Health, and it's been it's been fantastic. I I, I, I love healthcare, so it makes it kind of easy to be passionate about what you do. Yeah, and then I love leadership. So it's, so the, the two of them kind of fit me nice.
1: Did you know 25 years ago, I mean, it sounds like you did every job, right? Which is really, when you find the best coaches, the best leaders, it's the person who washed the dishes bust the table, waited on people, cooked the food, and then eventually one day they own a restaurant. Sounds like that was your path. Did you know 25 years ago that you wanted to be the president of an entire darn hospital that's a big deal
2: no no, okay. I, I'll tell you I um you know when you're in high school and you read the the vocational books yeah and it's all online now I'm getting old but <laughs> you read those vocational books and you say oh you know you could be this or this I thought it would be really neat to be a welder because I thought it would it, it was neat what they did and they made like thirty thousand dollars a year and so yeah I, ah, I, that's what I want to do so so to answer your question no I had I had no idea I was working in a psychiatric hospital as a kind of like an orderly, a nursing assistant, but an orderly kind of thing, and um, with adolescents. And I really loved that. I thought that was really neat. But leadership sort of hit me, while there were um, in. You know, this was a lock unit for kids with a lot of issues. Um, a couple of a couple of girls set their room on fire because it, cause it mm. with some of these kids they were troubled and they would. That's how they knew that the doors would open. And so they did that. So the room's on fire, and, and everybody's kind of going nuts. And I'm just a, you know, just an orderly. And as the as the room's on fire, everybody comes to me, the nurses, the kids, everybody, and says, "What do we do?" And I said, "Okay, you go get the door. You go make sure the kids are okay. You put the kids in this place." And and it was just a, it wasn't me taking control like actively. It was people came to me and, mm. and looked to me for help and. And I kind of guided him. I said, "Ah, oh, this is this is kind of neat. I yeah. kind of like this." And I and I felt like I was doing a lot of good at the time. And I think that's when I got the bug. Sure. And you know, that was I was a nurse. I hadn't even started nursing school or anything. But that's that's when I first had that little glimmer that leadership was kind of a, a neat thing.
1: Yeah. Uh, and, and the the folks that listen to the show, they know that le- you're talking a word that gets me all excited because by trade, I do this for fun. The show. Uh, by trade, I, I'm a leadership coach, and and so when I when I meet leaders, I get really really excited, and I teach different leadership styles. Uh, my question for you, because you've probably had to adapt your leadership, right? It was different. You've you've had different audiences. Uh, you were a leader many 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 years ago. You're a different person today. Uh, your responsibilities are different. Talk to me a little bit about as a leader today. What are the different leadership styles that? That you've adopted and maybe what's your style today
2: yeah that's a hard question um, because you're right it has it has evolved over the years I think depending on on what your role is so so in some when I'm a charge nurse I'm taking care of patients and sort of making sure the shift runs well so I'm a lot more hands on I'm, I'm I'm into what everybody's doing um, as you I guess get farther away you're you're more responsible for the 24-7 accountability and and you have to make sure that you have a good relationship with the person who works. And this is hospital, so it's a little different. But you have to have a good relationship with the people who work day shift, but then also night shift and weekends, and because it's it's twenty four seven. Yeah. And then as you as you um, have more and more areas of responsibility, your tight those tight relationships kind of they they they're they don't go away, but you you're not able to have a tight relationship with. 700 people yeah so it's really important that you interact as much as possible and you're as present as possible and you and you get to know everybody now you're not going to be you know tight tight best friends with 700 people but you need to know something about everybody so that you can understand where they're coming from what their situation is and 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 know what makes them tick
1: yeah you know one of the things Sometimes I hear leaders that are in a situation where they've got lots of people in departments and they become disjointed. And so in those circumstances, uh, oftentimes those leaders will tell me that they feel uh, it's lonely at the top, they say. And, and I sometimes will tell them if it's lonely at the top, you're doing it wrong. Um, I don't ever see you as lonely at the top. I, I mean, I literally have, I, I wish that everyone could have just the insight that I have. I've gotten to know your employees, some of your leaders, some of your managers, and I've got to hear the feedback about you. How do you stay so connected when you have hundreds of employees across lots of real estate uh, and tons of departments and a tremendous amount of responsibility? How do you stay so connected and not get lonely at the top? Uh,
2: it's it's probably my ADD. <laughs> now I I love people that that helps a lot. Um and 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 so when I'm there. <coughs> If you were to give me a job where I sat at a desk all day and did spreadsheets and contracts and email, I would be in misery. And so, <laughs> okay. I I can't sit physically in an office for more than an hour. And so I wander around. It's I, I just, you know, I'm like, "All right, I've done enough of this spreadsheet or this whatever. I got to go walk around." And so I do. And I walk around and I talk to people and I see how things are going. I think that's and i think that's also really important because i can hear second third fourth hand what's going on but if i'm not there seeing things it's um then i then i can't get a real grasp of of what's happening in my areas and so mm-hmm. that's why it's it's just it's so important that i do that you know and the other good thing is you know we take care of patients so when i'm having a bad day i'll walk around and talk to patients because no matter how bad my day is, the patient who's in a hospital bed is having a much worse day than I am. Yeah, and no so question. Usually, and, and, you know, the great majority of the time when I talk to patients, they're so, you know, they have cancer, they have surgery, they have whatever their issue is. But they're so thankful that we're taking good care of. Them. And it's it really puts everything into perspective around, you know, yeah, I didn't meet a deadline or I, you know, my numbers aren't where they should be or whatever my problem is, is nothing compared to where they're at. So it really helps me to put everything in perspective.
0: Our guest today Mike Riley on 730 the game ESPN Charlotte Solutions from the Huddle. Mike the president and COO of Novant Health, Huntersville Medical Center. And it's interesting that because I was almost going to go the opposite of what you just talked about, the importance of and there's so much stress that can be happening obviously yeah. in a the hospital. There's life and death situations, but as a leader, I would assume that part of your task is the patients don't want to feel that stress. The patients don't, you know. So, um, you want your staff to be as positive and energetic, and maybe that's the wrong word, but that would be a, that's an interesting balance. I would think that you have to deal with.
2: It, it is, and you know, we talk a lot in healthcare about suffering, and yeah. that patients are suffering, whether just from the. There's really there's there's three kinds, and this is um, something that we teach that came from um, Presgany. Uh, there's there's the inherent suffering that comes with whatever your diagnosis is. You're injured, you're sick, whatever you're, you're going to be suffering from that. There's the suffering that healthcare, whether it has to inflict on you. I, I guess is not a great way to put it, but um, we have to give you an injection. We have to, you know, you can't eat because you have to do surgery. Different you know, things like that. But then there's the suffering that we, the avoidable suffering. So um, long wait times. Um, your nurse isn't nice to you. Um, you know things that healthcare. That happens in healthcare that that we could keep from we could avoid to keep you from suffering more than you already are just because you're sick. And so we really do a lot of work on that. You know, with with healthcare or with any business, the why is important. I think for healthcare, it's kind of easy. You know, the why we're taking care of patients. So that's why even when you're having a really bad day, you don't want to inflict your bad day on somebody who's sick. And and I think it's interesting when people come to work, when, when healthcare people come to work, they never intend to make somebody suffer more. Uh You know, there's just a lot of stresses that just come with healthcare. And so it's written so that we do a lot of, I guess, reiterating how important it is that, yeah, this is your job and yeah, these are your patients, but they're people, you know, it's not, it's not the chest pain in two, in room two thirty. It's Mr. Jones, you know, it's, and he's got a family, and he's got grandchildren, and he's got whatever he's got. And we always have to keep that in mind, because if we don't, you know, it, it turns into widgets. And yeah. You never want people to be widgets. Mm.
1: You know, it sounds like in, in, that, in that answer you're talking about, I heard a lot of principles in leadership and, and culture type of things so I would say this, we, this is a business and life topic program. Uh, even though we broadcast on ESPN, uh, we're, we're talk, our listeners are tuning in because these are business owners. Uh, these are individuals that want to maximize their, uh, their potential. They want to meet their goals. And so we bring folks on like yourself to kind of help give a roadmap to the listener so they can see a, a more successful version of their life. That, that, that's who tunes in. And so I would say, could you frame up I heard four or five of them in there, but what are some principles that make up leadership when you're building that foundation to leadership? Uh, how do you make it real simple for the folks that are listening to take some note so they can actually apply it?
2: Yeah. Um, I think you're always trying to be better. Not not just you. You always want to get better, but you always want your your people, your department, your outcomes, whatever, to be better. And so you have to have a an inspiring or or a goal oriented kind of a message. So, so yeah, we do our work every day, but what's the, what's the end goal? Where, Mm. where do we want to get? Yeah. Um, and, and, and as long as you have sort of a true North and again, in healthcare, it's kind of easy. It's, it's, we want patients to, we want to take care of patients and and we want them to be happy and, and get better. And so that's, that's sort of always having a true North. I think the other thing, when you're interacting with people, I, I, with with employees, it's it's not about that one 30 minute to an hour conversation. It is a series of 30 to 60 second interactions.
1: Spot on. Yeah, yeah I agree.
2: Because if, if, if I'm waiting for, for you to do something wrong and then I have to have a big talk with you, and this is the first or second time we've ever talked, I'm not going to be effective. Yeah. But if I talk to you for 30, 60 seconds every day, how are the kids, where are you from, what's going on? And then... And then the other part of that is you're always trolling for good. This is another one of my things is you troll for good, meaning you look for things that you can compliment people on. Yeah. Now, now when you troll for good, inevitably you'll find some bad. I mean, nobody's perfect. But because you have given people lots and lots of good feedback about how great they, they are, what a great job they did with this, how you know, well they, they do with patients or, or whatever it is that they do, when, when there's an opportunity, you know, oh yeah, I saw the way you interacted with that patient. You probably could have done this a little better. It's not coming from a punitive place. It's coming from, you know, the guy who asks them about their kids all the time Mm -hmm. or or the person who has told them, you know, 10 times about how great they did other interactions. So
1: someone they have a relationship with. Right. Yeah.
2: So they know that you're, you're coming from a good place. You're not coming from a punitive place because if you come from a punitive place, then they're going to dread seeing you when you walk around they they're, they're going to associate you with negativity and they're not going to be inspired to do more than whatever the bare minimum is you know, yeah I, the, another thing i talk about a lot is i call it the firing line <laughs> and that if you can imagine and i know we're on the radio if you can imagine a an an xy axis with a with a line <coughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna try to speak this it's gonna be hard if you can imagine a line that's just above the x-axis and then another line that's way above the x-axis I, I call the lower line the firing line. I mean people given to you know most people given to their given to their own devices I guess that doesn't sound good either they're gonna do you know a good job but you know enough not to get fired but with really great leadership and if they they really can see the why and they understand the purpose and, and that they're part of something bigger they're going to work at that higher level so that they're so you know because they're inspired to do things they only have to do the low line but they want to do the big line because they have a purpose and they're part of something bigger
1: yeah no question listen for all of our listeners uh, that are out there thinking that everybody in charge is a boss and not a leader we got a leader on the show today um, and so quit complaining. There's some, good, there's some good folks in leadership out there. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, we're going to say thank you to all of our wonderful sponsors. You're listening to Solutions from the Huddle right here on ESPN Charlotte. Looking for a fun team-building event that helps to reduce stress and get everyone on the same page? Consider booking Mobile Smash Rooms for your next corporate event. Imagine a space that is designed for you to swing a tool of your choice and smash your stress away, but while being fully entertained. Learn more by calling 980-999-4119 or visiting mobilesmashrooms.com and say goodbye to stress. That's mobilesmashrooms.com. Hi, Titus Bertolotta here from Collaborative Solutions Group, inviting you to join our program that focuses on personal development and business growth. Eight topics from leadership, communication, mindset, sales, and more. Get the details by visiting team-csg.com. Limited space, visit team-csg.com. All right, and we're back. Thank you so much to each and every one of our sponsors. You helped to make this possible. Uh, Our show is powered by Collaborative Solutions Group. I'm your host, Titus Bartolotta. But more importantly, we are sitting here, uh, we being me and the wonderful Chris Allison. We're sitting here with Mike Riley, uh, the president and COO of Novant Health in Huntersville. And we're talking leadership today. And so every single person that has been uh, thinking that everybody in charge is a boss and not a leader, we we are showing that that's not the case, right? And so, uh, Mike, we were just talking about the principles of leadership. And real quick, before I ask my next question, I posted something re- recently. <coughs> I use Facebook as my blog, right? I just post all kinds of things on there all the time. But I just I just recently told folks to their whole life could change if they would do this one thing called stop, you know. And I and I kind of. I focused that message on stop complaining. Just everyone talks about what's wrong, complaining, complaining, complaining. It hurt yesterday. It still hurts today. And you told everyone that it was a problem yesterday. It, it, they know. Everyone knows. And nobody wants to be in the same space when, that's, when you make that space miserable. And so we know those people, right? I mean, uh, these people completely deteriorate the culture of any team. Uh, we know these folks. Misery loves company. Uh, but, but how do you as a leader stop that? Cause every industry has that. I mean, I want you to talk to us about how you build culture in an effective way, but I think everyone on the planet has heard the bumper sticker, y- y- the headlines of how to create culture. I still want you to tell us that cause we're going to learn something from it, but then I'd love for you to tell us how we stop it from deteriorating. Because most business owners I talk to go, we had something going, and then I hired Johnny. Or Sarah just had something go wrong in her life, and man, just now all of a sudden you start bumming everybody out, and they're all complaining, they're angry, they're grumpy. Now the leader starts getting affected by that. How do you create the culture? How do you keep the culture?
2: Yeah, you know, I I think if you look at the population as a whole, 20% of people are always happy. Probably 10% of people, maybe 20% of people are always glass half empty. And then there's 60% in the middle that could go either way, and I think the and and what what you find is you spend 80% of your time with the bottom 20% because they're the complainers or the ones that really suck your time away. I think the key is to reverse that, and that's it's much easier said than done, but but it's to reverse that and really spend most of your time celebrating that 20% that are happy and that are always doing well, and and eventually you and and making it making it cool to be happy and positive. Mm -hmm. And that way the the 60% in the middle kind of sees that this is sort of the expectation and this is the way to go. And the 20% at the bottom either kind of self-select out because they don't, you know, this is not a culture they they enjoy or in some cases you have to sort of select them out. Um, And I think as you get that, as you start moving that 60% in the middle to that 20% at the top, it becomes the norm to be positive or to be happier to be you know to do to do well and and what what ends up happening is you that bottom hopefully now it's ten percent or now it's five percent they start sticking out like sore thumbs and, sure and you you aren't doing that work anymore with that bottom twenty percent it's it's almost self-regulating so you know a culture that's that's not good when you walk into the department and you're smiling and you're happy and everybody's looking at you like you're an idiot yeah. That's when you know the culture is not good. Yeah, you know, wrong. Right. You know the culture is good when you walk in and smile and everybody sort of joins you. Or And you know it's good when you go in and you complain and everybody looks at you like you're an idiot. Mm. So it's, it's, and again, that's super high level and it's, it, there's no, I'm not giving you any super solutions, but that's the kind of the general way to do that is just glom on to those 20% that are great. Yeah. And really celebrate them and celebrate what they do and make it the the cool thing to do. And uh, you're going to have to deal with that the, with the with the bottom folks. I, you know, we talked about the, um, the the 30 second conversations. Yeah. And there are some leaders who think that you know those 30 minute conversations are necessary. And right, and the more people you write up, the more and th- it's also important. Um, accountability isn't discipline necessarily, right? It, if you are, if you think accountability is just writing people up and disciplining people, yeah, they're going to kind of toe the line, but that's all they're going to do. Mm-hmm. If you hold them accountable by a bunch of 30-second conversations, that's much, much more positive, and that, that will spin that culture in a, in a much more positive way.
1: You know, I, I think that it's interesting. You know, when somebody says it's partly cloudy, I go, what's the difference between partly cloudy or, or partly sunny? Uh, you know, you're, you're talking about the things you say, the mindset that you have on a regular basis and creating a new norm. Um, You know, I think that when we walk into a circumstance and we don't have standards in place, well, we always have standards, right? But they are standards that maybe aren't conducive with that kind of culture you're talking about. It it really, somebody has to come and change that. And so you talked about celebrating the 20%, which kind of leads me to another question that I love asking leaders. Um, I, I talk about this a lot, so I really want to hear what your perspective is. But there's really two ways to, to grow uh, and, and lead. You can do it through addition and subtraction, fire people, hire people, uh, or, or multiplication, right? You can uh, try to multiply you. And so I, I think the way that that looks is cultivating more leaders, right? How, how do you – you're championing this 20%. You're speaking this positive. You're making it cool um... but how do you get the other folks on board to eventually be the leaders how do you create leaders through your own leadership
2: yeah i think you have to identify those who have that kind of potential there's there are there are I, there are a lot of people who are uh, who who don't want to me i didn't want to be i didn't know i wanted to be a leader but somebody saw something in me and i kind of got the bug and, and moved and moved into that I, a lot of people who do really good day-to-day work they don't know they don't know that they have this presence and so you've got to find that in them and cultivate that in them so that most most of those 20 percent have that that top 20 percent have that that innate leadership thing mm. about them but they have no idea that that's what they have and so you've got to identify that you've got to you've got to grow that and, and move that to the forefront for them how do but you do that you you tell them you say you know there are so many um, unofficial there are many many more unofficial leaders in a in a department than, yeah. than than official leaders yeah I agree and if if you don't know who your unofficial leaders are and you can't cu- and you don't cultivate that they'll kind of fade to the background and your bottom twenty percent will kind of come up to the top so you've got to cultivate that you've got to you know talk to them compliment them about what they do let them see that when All those people come to you. Like when all those people came to me, and I said, "Go do this, go do this," I, I, probably wouldn't have realized it had it not been so blatant at that time. Mm. And day to day, unofficial unofficial leaders do that all the time. Yeah. So you've got to identify that and say, "See the way you just had that conversation with Bob? That's 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 leadership." And so you have to identify that they're doing it because a lot of times, if you just go up to somebody and say, "Hey, would you like to be the supervisor?" No, no, I'm not. I'm not a boss. I don't want to do that. You, you you've got to show them how they are and what they what they've done.
1: I love it. We have 60 seconds left, uh, so I'm going to ask you to be quick because I want to get one last question. What's the biggest difference um, with leadership in healthcare versus other industries?
2: I think. Yeah, that's that's 60 seconds, huh? <laughs> um, I, I think. You have 40 seconds now. <laughs> I think the, the the why makes it a little easier, but the um, the fact that we do a lot of the same thing every day makes it harder. what I mean by that is the why is taking care of people. That's easy. That's easy to get people around a why the sustainability of you're not taking care of widgets. Cause after a while it can get, you have to be re reminded and re remind people that this is really important work that you're, that you're doing.
1: I love it guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. This was solutions from the huddle and we had the president and COO, of Novant Healthcare, Mike Riley on the program. We'll see you next time.
0: Titus Bartolotta is an entrepreneur, philanthropist, and community leader in Charlotte, and now an author of a dynamic book entitled The Master Within. This book was designed to motivate, energize, and educate. Learn how to paint with brush strokes of brilliance when you discover how to release the master living inside yourself. The Master Within makes a great gift for family, co-workers, and anyone searching for personal development. Again, the book is entitled The Master Within by Titus Bartolotta, and it's available anywhere books are sold, including Amazon.com.
1: Hey guys, Titus Bartolotta here, your host for Solutions from the Huddle. I just wanted to thank you for tuning in today. If you want to stay involved and engaged in the show, we just ask that you come back every Sunday morning at 7.30 a.m. right here on ESPN Charlotte The Game 7.30. If you want to listen to the show on demand, be sure to check out ESPNCharlotte.net or team-csg.com, where we podcast the show so that you can listen to it on demand. Thanks again for your support. We hope you come back.